The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From Studio C. C, senor. That was an extra zesty live. That was very good. It was one of your better. I feel like I'm overcompensating for my despondent attitude by trying harder to sound happy and energetic, maybe. A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everyone, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Lindsey Graham. Healer in chief. Lindsey Graham's our general manager. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We almost went with the Texas power grid. That's kind of a big story. I don't know. Yeah, so I'm the a polar vortex. The polar vortex. Is that what they're uh, that's calling? That's pretty the, good too. Is that what they're calling the storm? Uh, yeah, I've heard that being blamed. Yeah. Wall Street Journal editorial board: Bad energy policy led to blackouts in Texas. I've been trying. To comprehend that entire deal, it would probably take a lifetime study and a college degree I lack. Well, I, did, um, I, I haven't, so let me ask the most basic questions, and I'll bet you can answer them then. I, 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 I will answer them. Whether I answer them correctly or not remains to be seen. It's talk radio. I don't know if you've noticed, but people say it's, all kinds of things. It's a good point. Um, so it seems to me, as a Californian where the electricity goes out all the time in regular weather... Regular, regular weather. Are you calling an eight mile per hour wind regular weather? <laughs> regular weather in that it's windy. It's real windy, but it's that windy all the time. It's that windy many days a year. So it's not uncommon weather. And they sure. have to turn off the electricity for it. Uh, or forgot, what was it, too hot or something like that? They had to turn off the electricity, but not like extraordinarily hot. Not once in a hundred years hot. What's going on no. in Texas is like once in 100 years bad weather. And so, like, Without looking into the power grid, it just seems to me you give a pass to electricity going off if you got a once-in-a-century sort of storm versus it's just regular weather. I think this is why the show works. We are two men, each with half a brain, but each, <laughs> each of our half brains more or less matches the other one. You arrived more or less where I did. There are, there are certainly challenges uh, to the Texas power grid. 
There are infrastructure issues, but if you have a once-in-a-century cataclysm, it would be unreasonable to expect that your infrastructure was ready for it. Actually, because as that a would... taxpayer, I would complain about that. Exactly. I mean, where did that money come from? What uh, what suffered from the lack of funding as you built up uh, your infrastructure for a once-in-a-century cataclysm? And and listen, I, I don't mean to make light of the, the people who died or, or anything like that. It's a terrible thing. It's tragedy, obviously. But we in the modern United States have this expect- expectation that we will live forever and we will live forever comfortably and that nothing bad should ever happen. And if it does, we get to sue somebody. And I just don't think that's realistic. Now, if that's what happened, then uh, then, I, then I give a pass. Now, if it is uh, as has happened in other states where they just got way too excited about green energy and it doesn't work the way they had been selling it, well, then, you know, you got to take a look at that. From my understanding, Texas is like less than 10% green energy. It's, uh, it is, however, one of the national leaders in green energy, but it, it's complicated. They get energy through a variety of different ways. There was some, uh, you know, every time you deregulate energy, somebody figures out how to game the system. The infamous Enron incident and then the rolling blackouts and Gray Davis recall in California years ago. Uh, and Texas has a bit of that. On the other hand, unlike Cal Unicornia, as Jack was pointing out, it wasn't a mildly windy day. It was a once-in-a-century cataclysm. Our former farrier slash falconer moved to, to Texas a couple of years ago. Same dude. Slapped shoes on horses and unleashed the uh, predatory birds. A farrier shoes horses. He shooed our horse banjo for several years before he moved to Texas. He also uh-huh. became a falconer. Huh. Partially because, speaking of state governments. Is that on the same business card or the state? Different? The state of California mandates a certain number of falconers to deal with the environment. Okay. And so he went out and got his falconer license and got hired by the state and was a government employee and got everything that comes with being a government employee for doing, I don't know what, <laughs> as a falconer. But anyway. My horse's shoes, are very, my, my horse's feet are naked, and I got pigeons crapping on my windows. Who do I call? Who do I call? <laughs> Who do I call? <laughs> anyway, he'd moved to Texas. And uh, my wife saw on Facebook that he and his wife and their two little babies were living in a place with no electricity, and it was 10 degrees outside. Great, Scott. And there isn't a place with electricity within hundreds of miles. Like, Oof. not a hotel you could go to or anything. Like we heard from yesterday, a listener is like, couldn't find a hotel with electricity either. So where do you go to where you're not just actually in danger of freezing to death? Your car? You just sit in your car and let the heater run? I saw a number of folks on the news that were doing exactly that. I would be tempted to have a wood stove in the corner. It's a charming, like, decoration 99.8% of the time and have some wood handy if, if in case you, you need it. If you do the car maneuver, make sure you crack the garage door or something because there are stories of people who oh, haven't yeah, yeah, been yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's you can't sit in your yeah. garage with your car running. Don't it? Doesn't everybody know that? I, I'm not Maybe sure not. how much you can help folks like that. I mean, it's sad. It's a common way for people to kill themselves on purpose, though, is to park yes. your car in the garage with the door down. Yes. Yeah. Well, and every time there's something like this, somebody lights a like a uh, a barbecue grill in their house and dies of the carbon monoxide. Mm. It's sad, but I, I, hmm, I, I don't know if you can prep somebody like that to avoid an untimely end. So to my despondent thing. Uh, I would say I I have grown very weary of partisan politics. I just I have so little interest in the uh, right versus left, R versus D game. I just 
I know it drives a lot of social media. I just think it's as pointless as it's ever been. But anyway, I do care a lot about policy stuff. And uh, a story out yesterday about money that's going to schools under the guise of getting them open and getting these kids back into school that is so freaking maddening and such an indication of the failure of our uh, our current system. It just really took the wind out of me last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll talk about that later. It's just, it's just very disappointing. I'm, I'm not sure our government actually works anymore. I listened to a long podcast yesterday about how Congress... What's wrong with Congress? Congress has completely abandoned their constitutional role. They are the lead. Um, what do you call the three parts branch? of branch? Yeah, they are the lead branch of government. They're supposed to be the superior branch. The exactly. government starts yep. with mm-hmm. Congress. They, they, there are not co-equal branches. They are the most powerful branch. Only Congress can remove people from the executive branch. Or the the Supreme Court. The other branches can't do that to Congress. Congress is the most powerful branch. Everything's supposed to start and end with them. And they have completely abandoned everything to the courts and to the executive branch. And because Mm -hmm. of that, nothing works. Nothing. Right, right, right. Well, and part of that, uh, part of the abandonment of the, uh, you know, the, the responsibility of, of governing to the executive branch is that the government's grown so incredibly large and complex. How can Congress write a law? That will uh, completely administer, for instance, or, or or chart out the administration of the Department of Defense. How could you write that law? You can't. Um, and 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 it used to be okay saying, all right, and then we empower the Department of Defense to make such decisions as are necessary. But now all the departments are so incredibly vast and complex and permanent. They they are their own Congress, and I don't know if there's fixing this. Or if it will collapse of its own weight at some point and evolve into something different. I, I do not know. Uh, that's a very good question. There's a lot of talk on that podcast about how, and we, we, we mentioned this last week, on how incoming Congress people, and probably for good reason, see their role as getting on TV or on those committees and saying something that gets a lot of attention. They have mm-hmm. more public relations people and PR people than they have the sort of staffers that would help you write law. And, and and deal with what your job is supposed to be. It's all about, do you, can you become a media star that says things that everybody talks about in Twitter today? Right, and and thereby get reelected so you can route money to your cronies as opposed to the other side getting elected and routing money to their cronies. And we're talking trillions and trillions of dollars. Uh, 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 folks, uh, Sean, perhaps you could get Mr. Armstrong a cup of coffee. Uh, nice and strong, maybe put a little whiskey in it, and, and we'll just shout uh, Republicans good, Democrats bad for the rest of the show, because that is, you know, that's the style these days. That'll solve things. Anyway, the the, the, the school money thing is really maddening. Wait till you hear it. Well, we'll do that later. You know, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. Ah. And that's why we introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, part of the team, Michelangelo. How are this morning, Michael? I'm doing okay. I mean, I'm also disgusted with our government as far as the vaccine rollout, not being able to get the yeah. shots into people's arms. What do you think about this? I know people are motivated by money. We're still way better in Europe, by the way, but back to you, Michael. What if we gave hospitals and, and you know doctors or whatever... Um, a free Togo's gift card. No, I mean... Wait a minute. For every vaccine. Correct. <laughs> That's for a every, fine sandwich. For every vaccine, you know, you get $100 or whatever. Uh, an incentive so that they want to find as many people as possible and, you know, stab them in the arm. How about if you fire them if they don't? I don't. You're you're a carrot guy. I enjoy the feel of a nice heavy stick. <laughs> I am skeptical that the bottleneck is at the doctor level of uh, 
no, of distribution. No, it's absolutely not. And by the way, Michael, you got to insist that Jack calls you the technical director. Oh, I promoted right. you. That's right. <laughs> it's low self-esteem. You know, I just, I just kind of accept it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I you're the TD, not the BO. Okay, I got to remember that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Better initials, yeah. better title. Yeah, exactly. Like All the it. way around better. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. Uh, I, I have been really enjoying this uh, this season of uh, professional basketball, and and it's largely in part to a side effect of the COVID era that I was not anticipating because of their uh, the the protocols and the way that they're testing. Oftentimes, uh, players test positive mere minutes before a game which uh, sometimes has left teams scrambling to to construct a full roster. So you have like these uh, teams playing with a minimum number of players, eight people, and you get weird things like uh, a player who I had not heard of 48 hours ago, uh, an Argentinian guy named Facundo Capazzo. Cool name. Careful now. <laughs> hit, the, hit the dump button. <laughs> Stepping in at all five foot ten of this Argentinian uh, Tasmanian devil. Uh, he shows up on the court, and he's, just, he's doing all sorts of crazy stuff. <laughs> How did nobody know about this guy before? And it took people getting sick and testing positive and getting hurt. And it's weird and interesting seeing the yeah. end of uh, the professional basketball bench. And sometimes they come in and do great things. It's neat. Interesting. Just a point of clarification. Is that that league that's funding the Marxist organization? <laughs> They're dead to me. You would have to prepare in a different way as a, as a backbencher where there was like zero chance you're going to get in the game. To where you got to be ready every night. I don't even have my sneakers. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. You want me to... to to play in the game? In an NBA game. <laughs> I'll be damned. Uh, I'm Do Jack I have time to call my mom? <laughs> what was his name again? Uh, Facundo Campazzo. There you go. Ask for him by name. I'm Jack Armstrong. Uh, I'd like it extra spicy, please. <laughs> He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, February 17th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. Let's tip off today's discussions precisely now. According to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark. We need student loan forgiveness beyond the potential $10,000 your administration has proposed. We need at least a $50,000 minimum. What will you do to make that happen? I will not make that happen. Oh, wait a minute. hell were they talking about? Wait a minute. That was, that was some tough talk from we'll the have, old we'll, geezer. We'll have to get into that later because we're running late on time. How does mailbag look? Outstanding, my friend. Fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of numbers to get into today. Would you like uh, crushed pepper on your Companzo? No? <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Yes, please. Uh, text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.